All right, we're live. Boom. There's no intro. There's no nothing. Like we just went from zero to here we are in two seconds because you know why, Jen? We don't need an introduction. <laughs> we don't need an introduction. Because we're really half-assing things today. That's why. Because I have uh, my whole my whole week in the last two weeks have been nuts. We've been really busy, so that's really good, right? I mean, you're you're over there on your phone right now dealing with an issue, probably <laughs> handling something and. I've been on the phone, we've been locking loans and closing loans, and it's been awesome, but it just makes for all the extra stuff that we try to do uh, gets a little bit pushed to the backside. So that's kind of uh, why we're um, half-assing it today. So no intros, I didn't get it already, but you don't need it because uh, you know we're getting into nuts and bolts on this stuff anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. Hello, everybody. Mike Mills uh, with Verity Mortgage, and this is uh, Jen Gaudio joining me today, also with Verity Mortgage. Uh, we are, this is the 42nd episode of the Texas Real Estate and Finance Podcast. Oh and yes, 42. I did 42 of these suckers. I know it's crazy, wow. right? Um, you know, and I've, I think I've had like five people watch, so it's been awesome. No, I'm kidding. I actually have on my YouTube channel, I have over a thousand subscribers now. Do you really? I, I do indeed. Yes. So, um, so anyway, uh, today we are going to get into some nuts and bolts on mortgage stuff. Um, we're actually going to talk about uh, a lot of special loan programs that are available out there. Um, I say that with a wink because I got a little side note on that. Uh, we're also going to get into specific loans um, and talk a little bit about qualifications for like FHA loans and what's required for appraisals and what conventional loans look for, self-employment, just anything um, that is kind of a gotcha, you know, get you. Uh, one of the things that we always work to is we, we're trying to solve problems every day on loans. And there's a lot of problems that come up. They're not unsolvable problems. There's just every single loan has something that pops up that you have to deal with, right? Yep. And um, a lot of things can be avoided if you handle things right before you get to that point. And then um, a lot of things you just have to handle in the moment, but you still got to be nimble and be able to close stuff quickly. Because yep. at the end of the day, regardless of the problems, what's our number one job, Jen? Close loans. Close loans. And close <laughs> loans, there's an extra add, on time. Too. On time. Yeah. There you go. That's the idea. <laughs> close loans on time. So as we're going through this, um, we'll start in a couple places, but if anybody has any questions, if y'all have specific scenarios that you want to ask about, just type them in the comments. Um, we will make those a priority. So if a question comes up, we'll certainly answer that. In the home um, buying process. As yep. we go. Anything in the home buying process, any agents out there that have questions about deals that you're working on already. Um, my favorite one is I'll get calls from agents from time to time to say, um, you know, our, I talked to the loan officer on this deal that we're doing. They're like a listing agent or something. And they said, it's been an underwriting for like five days. And you know, they just, they're waiting on the underwriter to come out. And I'll say, well, it doesn't take five days to underwrite alone. No. So <laughs> if you're, if it's been five days, there's probably, there's probably an something else going on. There's something going on that you're not mm -hmm. hearing about. And, um, and so it's just little stuff like that, that if you don't do what we do every single day, um, you don't know about this stuff. There is a little bit of decoding. So hopefully we can answer some of those questions, but yeah. How are you today, Jen? I'm good. I'm yes. ready. Excited. Busy. Okay, good. I had to pull her away from this. I'm sure our boss man will see this and be real happy about it, but sorry, Steve, this is just how it's going to be. She's helping me right now, right? <laughs> so Jen is not an underwriter, but do you have one certification? Did I have my crazy? You just don't have your DE or am I? No DE, no, no SAR. Okay. Um, I can underwrite conventional loans. There you go. Um, That's what I was thinking. You can underwrite conventional loans, uh -huh. but you do have to have a certain license to underwrite FHA loans, which she hasn't gotten, but 
Um, to say that she knows a lot about how to do that would be an understatement. She knows a ton about this um, and spends most of her entire day checking guidelines, <laughs> finding creative ways to be able to get yeah. loans done. Like that is, uh, that is basically her job is solving all of our problems every day. So thank yeah, you for that. I'm the walking guideline. That's right. Yeah. All right. Try so first thing I want to start with um, is special loan programs. So one of the questions that I get every single day, just about when I talk to somebody is, a, what kind of uh, the, the, the most prevalent one is what type of first time home buyer programs are out there? Number one, number two is, um, what kind of special incentives are there out, out there for me as a teacher, doctor, you know, uh, you know, anybody that's in the service world, uh, or I should say like what they would call a hero maybe. Um, and then, um, the third one is, uh, you know, I don't have the best situation in this part or this part, you know, but I have a lot of money, let's say like I got a lot of cash. So my credit's not great, but I got a lot of cash. Like, so surely there's something I can figure out. Right. So everybody's looking for that special thing. That's just there just for them. And there's one in particular we'll talk about called uh, CRA. I'll let you explain what that is. Um, that's especially right now, very, very prevalent. You see these everywhere, every loan or every mortgage bank on the, in the country is splattering all over social media about their zero down, low interest rate, no mortgage insurance, you know, like why isn't everybody in the country doing these? Loans? Why isn't everybody doing it? Why yeah. isn't everybody doing it? So, so let's start there. Let's start with the CRA. Tell, tell us, tell everybody what that is. So in essence, in layman terms, what the CRA is, is it's basically the government saying you have these big banks and they're like, hey, you have an allotted amount of money right. in these high minority saturated areas. And when you say big banks, it is depository banks. So banks yes. that actually have checking accounts and savings accounts. We're a mortgage bank, by the way. So we don't have checking savings. We don't do car loans. We just do mortgages. Okay. Yep. So and there's actually, I would say the vast majority of mortgage loans in the country are done by banks like us. Yes. Would you agree? Is that, yes. is that accurate? Well, that do them well. That, yeah. well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly that, but I do think, I think the market share is, I think it's almost 70% or something like that of independent mortgage banks is what we're called IMBs. Okay. So these companies that offer these CRA credit or uh, community reinvestment act loans mm -hmm. are depository banks. They have to be. Yes. Okay. And the government basically comes in and says, we're trying to help. We have all this money that's allotted right. in an annual budget. Correct. And we have to spend all this money to help areas, communities, um, that are highly saturated in a, in minorities, um, to try to build that area and try to give home ownership, yeah. um, like a goal. Yeah. They're trying to right? make a affordable. And they have to spend options. this money. They, yes, they have to, or they get penalized right. and they, they got to spend this money. Yep. So that's what the CRA program is right now. Basically, if you're in a certain area, um, and how do those areas defined usually? Like, uh, and that's, I'm, I'm asking it as a vague question because I think it is kind of vague. It, they get to determine. It's based off of the census. Right. So the census will come out, I think, again next year, right? Yes. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's next year. If, if I had somebody with an internet real quick, I'd have to look it up, <laughs> I think, but I don't know. I think it's next year. Okay. Um, but when the census comes out again, then they'll reassess all of these different census tracts again. Right. Which is these old pot, your city is in a census tract. Right. And so what they do is they go into the census tract. See what the demographics are. Uh-huh. Yep. And if it's, if it's over, it's got to be highly saturated in right. a minority, um, in minorities right. in order to even qualify for this type of. Is it all, program. is it just minority or is it low income too? Oh, areas? It, from the majority that I've heard, it's pretty much 
mostly minority. Okay, so if you have a minority saturated area, that's the ones that mm -hmm. get the most. That's attention. the biggest thing. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and so there is that type of program. Yeah. That, if you will, that so what they're trying to do is they're trying to help these communities. And that's right. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah. Now, trying to get people to get home there's ownership a, there. There's and, always caveats to it. Yes. Okay. That's never a, like free lunch. No. Yes. There's, for so for the CRA program, you got to be in a particular census tract, a kid's particular city area, whatever it is. Um, and within that census tract, which sometimes it's kind of crazy because you might find a census tract where you're like, no, I know part of that city is definitely not highly saturated. Right. Um, but the, the houses, the address actually has to qualify for it yes. is a big part of it, right? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. you can't just buy any house anywhere. You have to buy a house in that area. In that right. census tract. Every right. address is follows inside a census tract right. per county, basically. Correct. So, um, so yes, that, that is a very popular program right now. We have it too. Yes. We just have it in obviously certain areas. Yes. Um, the Houston area is huge right now. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much almost every almost every census track in the Harris County, um, Waller, yep. every area in Houston down there, lots of areas in Louisiana, Mississippi, Florida. Yes. Um, but yeah, not anything here locally. Well, there's not very many areas in the DFW area that would, that would fall into that category Correct. because it is, I mean, it's a good mix of people everywhere and there isn't any one particular area that's overly concentrated with any minority group for the most part. I'm yep. sure there's exceptions to that, but, um, for the most part, you don't see that <laughs> as much up here. And, but the thing is, is, is why these programs are so widely, um, touted, let's say is because it's very much become a marketing ploy to some extent. Uh -huh. Right. And what I see often is I see, and it's all over social media. You'll see it on Facebook. You'll see it on Instagram, you know, TikTok, whatever. There'll be a mortgage bank like us, very similar. That'll say, Hey, we've got this zero down payment, which it is low rate compared to market mm -hmm. average, which it is. No mortgage insurance. No mortgage insurance that you're throwing away every Which year, there everybody. isn't, right? Mm -hmm. These are all great things. Like these are fantastic. But you got to understand that there is a catch. And the catch is that it has to be a house in a particular area. Yeah. Or, but not just, so like for us, yes, that particular program, the majority of the caveats is really like, you know, the filed returns that you're filing, yes. the area that you're in. But like there is this, a similar program that has been advertised all over the place by a very big bank. Okay. Yeah. You were telling here me about that. in America. Right. <laughs> so it's a big bank located in, in America. America. Okay. Um, so it's an American bank. Yeah. 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 So you could say it's bank, uh, some sort of a bank. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha, I gotcha. Um, and they have the same program except that program. And I've actually called to try to just, I wanted to find out more sure. about it. Cause I'm like, man, it, it can't be this simple. Cause you yeah. see it all over the place. Yeah. So we, I called to the, well, then you find out there's like months of home buyer courses you have to do. And then you have to fit into like this little tiny box. Yes. And if you don't fit into this little tiny box, you can't get it. You can't get it. Right. But then what happened? You already came under contract with a house. And because... you're there with this big bank that's here in America yes. who's not known for closing loans on time. Right. But you're already so invested with them. You have a contract, you've you put up earnest money. Yes. Got because inspections. You tried to fit into this program with them. Yes. Um, and it does work out for some people. I'm yeah, not saying no. that it doesn't work out. Absolutely. It does work out for yes. some people and it was probably the best thing for them. And it, you know, it might have been trials and whatever. But yeah. I'm not saying that it's not going to work for everybody. No. But majority of the time, if you don't fit into this little box and your stuff hasn't expired by then, yeah. um, then 
you're already stuck there. And now you have the other power five programs that you can right. do. Well, and then the issue that you have is that at that point, because, and this is where realtors get into uh, really having an issue accepting certain types of loans or certain types of pre-approvals even from certain banks because, Why is that? well, the reason is, you know, well, you know the reason, but it, it's, it's whenever you, whenever you get into those situations, there is no accountability to anybody, right? So if it's a big bank located somewhere in America, or if, if it's a bank that likes to chase cars around the corner and, uh-huh. <laughs> and mm-hmm. if you like quick banks, you know, those type <laughs> of banks, the, the, this is fun. You play this game all day. But the thing about that is, is that once you're into that ecosystem and you've got your pre-approval and you're, you're pot committed, essentially is my favorite term, then there's no way, I mean, you can get out, but you're, you're running into issues. You may lose your contract because yeah. the selling agent's like, I'm not going to extend another two weeks no, because you're going to lose bank. your money. You're going to lose your in. earnest money. Yeah. You're going to lose your inspection money. You're going to yeah. lose the money you paid for an appraisal, all that kind of stuff. And it's not, I always, you know, tell people it's not, you know, agents get frustrated because they're like, well, they keep calling Chase, or whatever. I'm like, look, or the base that the bank that chases you. But I keep saying it's just what people know, right? They yes. don't know any better. It's not, yes. they're not trying to be malicious or irresponsible right. or whatever. They just don't know. Yeah. Because unless someone's holding their hand and guiding them through the process, they just don't understand that there's another way to do it. Yeah. You know, and now there, but there are other programs. Like there, there are your other programs that almost every body okay can offer good but point. a lot of people don't know about them like you have your good neighbor yes okay you have your good neighbor one that's for our um law enforcement nurses yes. teachers okay but like that. but what's there are the, caveats you okay. have to be servicing in the area correct in that locality yes. so there's always rules yes. always rules okay so like a for majority of these programs that are out there that it's if it sounds too good to be true where you only got to put hundred dollars down on a house and you buy a house for a hundred bucks. Yes, it is. That program does exist. Yes. Um, but uncle Sam's going to get his money yes. one way or another. If you're yes. going to ask, so let's talk about the power five real fast. Okay. I call them the power five. My daughter plays softball. So we talked about power five, right? So, Pull that mic um, a little closer. Oh, um, so I talk about power five and I consider, so you have the five, which is VA, mm-hmm. right? You can get a VA loan. That's for our veterans. You can get an FHA loan backed by HUD, yep. right? Um, USDA, our rural development. Mm-hmm. And then you have Fannie and Freddie, right. which conventional is, loans. yes, conventional loans, yep. but they're two different agencies. So we separate them out. Yep. So that's our power five. So, so a lot of these programs fall underneath one of those five of the power fives. Where's the first time homebuyer loan? There isn't one. Uh, what? There's not really a first uh, time. What? People ask me this all the time. Uh, what do you mean? What's the first time home buyer loan? What, what are you talking about? I'm so confused. There's not a true first time home buyer loan. I know. Sorry. There are programs that petty. there there are programs that might require you to be uh, not have owned a home in the last not three have years. owned a home in the last three years, but not technically a first time home buyer program. They're like really conventional good. Fannie and Freddie have an option where you can put down three percent yes. instead of five percent. Yes, if you have not owned a home in the last three years, that's right. That's perfectly allowed, but you do have to take a first time home buyer course. Yes, which is like what are they like seventy five bucks now? Um, yeah, some of them. Are I mean, that's not that big of a deal. Like yeah. a small little thing that you have to do, and I think they're pretty quick. They take like twenty minutes or something. Yeah. They're, they're not very hard, but that is a technically a first time home buyer loan, but it's a conventional loan. That still has all the conventional rules. All the conventional rules. There's no incentives involved in it whatsoever. No, you just no. put down a little less money. Yes. You're trying to be like, that's, okay. That's yeah, no, no. all it is. And then, so like, let's talk about your um, FHA. So your HUD. Remember, this is the government. So it's yes. backed by HUD. 
Okay. But let me clarify something on that too. Because this happens more with VA, which we'll get to in a second. But people will say, well, FHA says this or VA says that. Okay. No loan goes to FHA or to VA in the process of doing the loan. Okay. <laughs> the loan is with the bank, with the underwriters and the staff that is doing the loan to FHA guidelines. Yes. Okay. The government, the VA and the FHA are not issuing loans. Okay. No. They do not issue loans. They, they're the governing they body them or that creates the rules them. to guarantee that loan. So if it defaults, then the bank has coverage. Correct. Correct. Right. Sorry. There are instances in VA where you do have to submit to them, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Right. So let's talk about HUD, FHA, government loan. Okay. Backed by the government. So I always tell people, if you are default, defaulted on some student loan mm -hmm. that was government backed, don't go ask for a government backed mortgage loan. Right. Because Uncle Sam's going to get his money. Right. <laughs> if you already owe the government money, they're not going to go give you another government backed loan. Correct. Okay. Yes. Um, but there are programs. They're not programs per se. They're just different subsections, if you will, yeah. of the master FHA loan. Yes. So there's options within the FHA loan. Yes. But that's all it is. It's just add-ons. If you want to think of it like a menu, they're just a la carte sides that you can add Yes. To the main loan. That's all it is. The other special programs that get brought up, and it does fall into the category. This is one of these um, three, th or excuse me, um, uh, uh, first time home buyer loan that gets put into that category often, but it's down payment assistance. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yes. And, the, and that is a program. So talk a little bit about down payment assistance. Again, you will get money. Yes. But it will come at a cost. Correct. So um, down payment assistance, it is great. Remember, as originators like yourself, you put the programs in front of somebody who's going to be the best option for them. Right. So somebody who might not have a lot of capital and really wants to own a home and they really don't care about the interest rate, they just want to own a home yeah. for them and their family. Great programs. Down payment assistance might be the route to go. You get the cash, but you're going to have caveats. A lot of down payment assistance programs require you to live in the home anywhere between three to 10 years. Yes. Otherwise, you get to pay back every penny that they gave you. Yes. And nine times out of 10, you're going to have a much higher rate. Correct. Um, than what your standard is. Because yes. again, they're going to give you the money, but it's going to come at a cost and they're going to get it one way or another, whether it be in the interest rate that they're going to charge you. Because we, us, nobody dictates that rate but no. them for no. down payment assistance. Um, so it's not like, you know, we could yeah. play with it or anything like that. There's nothing I can do. You can't even buy it down a lot of times. Um, now, at, outside of our in-house. We have an in-house um, down payment assistance program, if you will. Yeah. But majority of these other um, down payment assistance programs, they have caveats. What they do is they slap a second. Okay. So all that means is on your home, when you own it, they'll put something on title, similar to car title, let's say if you have a loan. So on a house, they'll slap a little lean. soft second lien on the side. Yep. Um, that basically says, if you try to go do something within the time frame that you're allotted, that you're required to live in that home, um, you have to pay back every every bit of that. Yes, every bit. Right. There's no yeah. proration. It's it's nope. if you if you refinance nope. it or sell it, you're paying yep. it back. And each down payment assistance program has different rules. Yes. So and we have to follow each of those rules. Now they all start again. One of the power fives. It's either going to be a conventional loan or an FHA loan or a VA loan or a USDA loan. One of those four. It will be one of those four. So you still have to follow those rules. 
And then you have to add on the down payment assistance rules on top of that. And most of them have credit requirements. So you have to have a minimum credit score to qualify. Most of them have income limits, which means that you can't make too much money to qualify for this. They don't want somebody who makes half a million dollars a year, you know, able to go in there and get this money from the government or from the lo localities, mostly municipals. I say government, but it's, it's state and local government. It's local. not the federal government right, that's getting right. this money. Um, and uh, and it, like you said, it's not free money. It comes with a much higher rate. <laughs> But what I always tell people is like, look, as long as you understand what you're getting into, yeah. right? If you understand that you're paying a higher rate to get money so that you don't have to keep renting so you can start the path of home ownership and you understand it and it's a benefit to you, then great. They're yes. great programs. Where I get frustrated as a, as a loan officer in the business is that there's this idea in our industry and I don't even fault, it's not borrowers, it's, it's people that do our jobs that use these tools as advertising mechanisms to get people to make the phone ring. Oh yeah. You know, cause then they get in and then you're like, Oh yeah, you don't qualify for that. Right. And it's, and it's sold as this magic pill that's going to make you be able to buy a house with mm -hmm. no money, with no catches. And then you call, I, I always use the joke and I told you this a minute ago, but I always use the joke of, you know, back when I was a kid watching, you know, afternoon cartoons or whatever after mm -hmm. school is over with there'd be those advertisements that would come up for like the local used car dealership on like channel 21 ktxa you know in between full house or whatever and it would pop up and the guy would be like hey i'm bobby joe down here don davis blah 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 if you come down here tomorrow we got today we got this car for five thousand dollars no msrp no taxes just get here today and then you're like oh shit i need a car let's go so you run down there and you're like hey bill i saw your commercial you know can i buy that car you're like oh man sorry we just sold it. Just sold it. But but I got this one over here. Yeah. I got these other three. And and again, you know, unfortunately, like I, I probably would do better if I did more of that. I just can't <laughs> bring myself to do it because I just want to be upfront with people. I want to be like, look, these things exist and they are helpful. And sometimes, like with the CRA programs, we have some in certain areas, Houston, Louisiana. Yeah. We don't have any locally here in DFW right, right now. Yeah. Till maybe after the census. So maybe after year. the census happens. Um, but those type of things, they all come with catches and there's no such thing as free money. There's no, no such thing as this, you know, perfect program with you. If you have poor credit and you have no assets and you know, that you're going to be able yeah. to get into a loan. It, they all, if you don't fit in the box, right? Yeah. The little box, then it's either going to be very expensive. Yeah. You're going to have a really high rate, require a lot of cash, or you're not gonna be able to get the loan. Yeah. And that's usually how it goes. So it's, you know, I, I, I always tell people I'm kind of like the, I take the air out of people's sales because, you know, they're like, well, I heard about all these first time. I'm like, look, I, you know, there's not a first time home buyer. There's not, it's there's not, not there. it's not there. There are different programs that have different requirements yes. um, for it, but yeah. there's not really a first time home buyer loan. No, no. <laughs> but uh, so, and you know, the one the gets for whatever reason has carried on forever and is barely in existence anymore, but it's still there is like the homes for heroes one where if you buy a house in a particular area, you can get it for like half price. Remember that one? Where that's, you, the, that's the good neighbor. Right. But you have to, like you said, it has to be in that area and there has to be houses available for that but program. Not only does there have to be houses available, so there has to be houses available. Right. You have to, it has to be your primary residence, right. obviously. Two, you have to serve in that city. Right. So let's think about that. The homes that are going to be on the market in this area might not be an area you want to be in, maybe but not. maybe not. Right. But it all, but it's an area that you are serving. So if you're a law enforcement agent, 
um, officer, you have to be serving that locality yeah. in order to even buy there. Right. Or a nurse working in a hospital in that area. In that area. And yes. for you to even, to, and then you have to or submit teacher to. school teaching in that school yeah. district. Then you have to submit to them to get approval yes. of what your discounted price it. will be. Right. So it's not necessarily a flat 50%. It's not like, okay, purchase price is $100,000. Um, I'm going to get, I'm, I'm going to get 50% off of it. I'm just going to buy for $50,000. $50, That's not how that works. You still, you have to get it approved in order to see what your discounted price will be right. depending. I mean, yeah. Well, the other, the other part of that is that that is an incredibly effective <laughs> loan program when there's a lot of inventory. Yes. Okay. But when there's no inventory, which we haven't had any inventory for Five years, yeah, something like that. If you go look, there's not a whole lot of houses on the HUD. No, um, there's not. They're yeah. just, there's just not there. So, so it's. But if you get lucky, yes, there are some. Again, yeah. it happens yeah. for sure. Yeah. But it's just not something that happens all the time. Because <clears throat> if it did, you would hear everybody getting zero down loans. The you know good neighbor loan, like it would be all over the place. Yes, but it's not, and it's not because there's always these catches and stuff. And again, this all comes down to the what we started with in that these programs exist. They can be very helpful for yeah. a lot of people, but they're not for most people. Most, I would say most people don't yeah. qualify for them. And as long as you understand what the program is, what the costs are essentially, mm -hmm. and I mean costs as far as your time, your and money, your consequences, your consequences, you it. <laughs> correct, all that stuff, as long as you understand that, then those are great options for yeah. you. But this idea that it's just this magic bullet is just not correct. No. And that's, that, no. that's really the the point I was trying to drive home more than anything. Yeah. Um, and we have all of those options, by the way, we do every all single of one them. of them, Seth, TDHCA, we have the CR loans, T-Shack, any of those programs, we have them available. There's, there are loans. We and, have our own down payment assistance program in yes, house. Yep. That's right. Mm -hmm. Um, so we have them all. They're just, um, you know, as long as you understand what they're made of and what the ins and outs are, then they can be good deals. Yeah. So, um, all right, so let's get back into FHA for a second. <coughs> okay. Oh, there's Shelton. What's up, Shelton? Hey. hey uh, um, Miss Shelton. So let's get into FHA. So FHA loans, um, these are the ones, if there is the closest thing to a first-time home buyer loan, this is probably it, yeah. right? doesn't have any requirements for that, but it's nope. low down payment. Um, it's very- well, I mean, conventional can be low down payment sure, too. Sure, that's true. Because that's, that's like, and we'll talk about conventional in a minute because I feel like the biggest myth Okay, we'll get there in a minute. Yes. Sorry, 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 sorry. So low down, relatively low down payment. Uh huh. Okay. Um, very uh, forgiving when it comes to credit and uh, issues that you've had with bankruptcies and mm -hmm. foreclosures. Mm -hmm. Much more forgiving than conventional loans. Mm -hmm. um, forgiving the, on debt to income ratio. Yes. The greatest thing that I, when I explain to buyers the difference between FHA and conventional, is it really comes down to your credit score in most cases, mm -hmm. because if your credit score is on the lower end of the scale. FHA is typically going to be a better loan for you for two reasons. Number one is your your rate in, is going to be typically much better, much mm -hmm. better if you have a lower credit score with FHA versus conventional. Mm -hmm. But really, it's the it's the mortgage insurance. So with mortgage insurance, mortgage insurance for FHA is determined by the fact that you're doing an FHA loan. That's it. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing a, I don't know the exact number, but let's say if you're doing a three hundred thousand dollar purchase price, your your mortgage insurance on FHA loan might be around two hundred bucks, two twenty, one seventy eight, something somewhere in that neighborhood. Forever. Forever, right? Yes, forever. Forever. As long as you have that loan. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yes. If you if you refinance, you can get rid of it, you know, that yes. kind of thing. But it doesn't go away on its own, especially if you put down the minimum. If you put down 10%, you only have to have it for 11 years, though. So there's that. <laughs> oh. Just 11 years. <laughs> only 11 years. It's fine. So, um, but 
If you do a- And there's an upfront. <clears throat> yes, there's an additional Again, charge. government's going to get their money. They're get paid. He's, he's got to get paid. Then if you do a conventional loan, the mortgage insurance is um, much more expensive if you have a high debt ratio, if you have yeah. a low credit score, if you um, have, um, uh, what was the other, uh, going blank. There's three things. Credit score, debt. Oh, your your down payment adjusts the amount uh -huh. of it too. So if you put less down, you have more. You put more down, you have less. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so your conventional mortgage insurance premium is based off of several factors related specifically to you. Yes. Whereas your FHA mortgage insurance premium is based on just the fact that you're doing an FHA loan and nothing else. Yep. So if you have poor credit or you or say lower end of the spectrum credit, mm -hmm. you have a high debt ratio. FHA is going to be much more affordable for you yes. to do than conventional. Yes. And that's the biggest difference between yes. those two. It is a whole lot more forgiving. FHA is going to be more forgiving on your debt to income ratio, which is exactly what that sounds like. I get a lot of questions of what debt to income is. Well, what that means is how much do you make and how much is all of your debts, including the mortgage insurance basis. on a monthly basis, right? All of your, your mortgage payment and all of your debts that's on your credit report into how much you make a month. Correct. And Gross. there's a front end ratio and a back end yes. ratio. Front and end both of them matter. They do. Yes. They do. And FHA right now does not like higher front end ratios. What's a front end ratio? Which is just your housing. Yes. Your housing compared to your monthly income of right. what you make gross. Okay. Um, so yes, FHA, it's exactly what you said. It's much more forgiving on credit, um, debt to income ratio. Things like that. Yes. Now um, it has a lot more flexibility for you to be able to get a loan if you're in a situation where you've had some issues. Yes. It's really what it boils but down to. Comes down to mortgage insurance for the forever. Correct. The life of the There's loan always an expense. Until you get out There's of always it. Always a cost. Yes, yes. Always is. It's no free lunch. Um, but like I get I get a lot of agents that call me. It's actually funny because I had a um an agent called me the other day and was like, Hey, can can we get an updated pre approval for your loan officer that doesn't have FHA? And I was like, Why? Well, you know, we're just really afraid about the appraisal. Why? Yes. Why? The, it value is not determined by program. No. Okay. No. Your program has nothing to do with value of the home. Right. Your value is going to come in at value depending on the comps in your area. You could line the whole house with gold. I really don't care. But if your house next door who looks exactly the same to yours was in foreclosure and it sold for way less, well, that's going to be part of your comps. Well, and I don't know if. I mean, I think most agents maybe realize this, but maybe not everybody. So I'll just say it. But when, when you do a purchase, it's different than a refinance, but when you do a purchase on a home, we have to provide the purchase contract to the appraiser. Mm -hmm. It's required. We have mm -hmm. to get, they won't even go out there until they have the purchase contract. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what that means is and, that, and you have to have a case number two for FHA. Yes. The reason being is just piracy and some people don't don't know that, and that's because what's to stop Joe Schmo from going out and ordering a case number, which is just an identifier number for HUD, right? Okay, for that property, because they want to be able to keep track of every property that's going to be insured by them. And so, what's to stop Joe Schmo from going out there and ordering case numbers on fifty million properties? So they right. have we have requirements. You have to make sure that you have an application on that property and a contract before you get a identifier number for that property. And then you have to have an approved appraiser for FHA to right. go appraise the property. That's right. And when the appraiser goes out, he has a copy of the contract. So the good thing about that <clears throat> is they have a target. They yeah. have a number that they're shooting for. Yeah. And what I tell every agent is, look, 
if it comes in at value, because you get that a lot, it's like, oh, this house is supposed to be this much or worth that much. I'm like, what did you sell it for? Yeah. Well, I sold it for 300. Okay, well, then it came in at 300. So yeah. we're good. They're like, yeah. well, it's probably worth 310. The, there's no incentive whatsoever for an appraiser to give you over what the value of the home is. Mm -hmm. Okay, there is zero incentive for them. All right. But that means if you actually get an appraisal where it is more than what you're purchasing the home for, it's probably worth quite a bit more than that. Uh, yeah. And you could probably sell it for more because again, there's no incentive for the appraiser to give you more value. That's right. They have zero incentive. So they're not going to, there is incentive for them to give you lower value because they don't yes. want to get in trouble for overvaluing and mis misvaluing properties. Cause they do get graded on this type of stuff. Can you turn your blink, your, your clinks off or whatever you got going on over there. Like, can you mute? Did I clink something? Well, no, no, no. You're, you're like, Oh you're, yes. Sorry. Your teams keeps popping up. God. Um, <laughs> Sorry, technical thing there. <laughs> but but when you look at um, what appraisers are incentivized to do, they're not incentivized to give you higher value. They're incentivized right. to give you a lower value because they don't want to get into trouble. Now, it isn't something that they're going to because, trust me, if the value comes in low, I know we do. I can't speak for everybody. But we are going to fight that value tooth and nail with yeah. every way that we can yeah. to get it to where we can qualify. We're going to get comps from the realtors. We're going to get um, – we're going to run – Newer listings if we need to. Yes. Yeah. We're going to get uh, something called collateral underwriter that's going to run the property to see what it values it at, which is just basically like a – I don't want to call it AI because it's not really AI, but it's like an algorithmic program that evaluates other houses that have sold in the area and creates its own yep. version of an appraisal, mm -hmm. um, which are pretty accurate these days. So appraisers watch out. Um, but we use all of those methods to try to make sure we get to the value. And again, if you want to look at incentives, the appraiser, you know, Mr. Joe appraiser, who's just doing his job going out there every day, he doesn't want Jen Gaudio and Mike, well, I, I can't call them, but he doesn't want the appraisal desk for Verity Mortgage blowing up his phone for five days. <laughs> Yeah, you shorted me five thousand dollars. Right. He doesn't want that. He's gonna no. do appraisers will do everything that they can. Do the best and, job they can do. And look Always. in the area to try to hit that target that they can. If it's vastly off, there's a reason why. So yeah. speaking of the appraisals with FHA, what is it why I mean I'm asking you questions you know the answer to, but what are wh <laughs> there are some weird things about FHA? Okay. Okay, like um peeled paint. Yes. If the if it's let's say you got a shed out back and there's some the paint's old and it's cracking and it's peeled fha doesn't like it it's a safety okay? thing it's a safety thing they yeah. don't like it they don't want they want you to peel they want you to they want you water you, yeah they want you to sand it down repaint it okay that's yes. something that they just want a fascia yep. fascia replacements like these are just exposed minor, wires yeah exposed wire like fascia soffits like those things they want it replaced safety issues yes those are safety things for them yes. um so they're a little bit harder on those things surplus land is a big one yeah um excess land is what they consider it okay um so that's a big one with fha um where explain what that means depending so it has to it, there's a lot that goes into the surplus land yes uh, calculation but for fha basically if there's if you're buying a home that's on 40 acres right Mobile home. Sure. A mobile home on 40 acres. Excuse me. Manufactured housing. Yes. Manufactured home. Sorry. Um, that is a lot of excess land. Correct. So there's a lot of value in the land. There's a val a lot of value in the land. And, and not so, necessarily a ton of value in the in house. The home. Right. And so what FHA does is they basically make you look at the surplus land is what they call it. The appraiser has to address it. What is the highest and best use of that land? Is it not commercial is it residential is it being used in the highest and best use and then if it is kind of pretty much and it's not common to the area to right. let's say um then they might have to count that out of the value right um 
so yeah, there is a little bit more rules to that. And then there's other rules like um, that are for FHA, not just, I mean, I guess it could fall into the appraisals too, but about flipping. So there are flipping rules. And all these rules, by the way, are really there at the end of the day protect the buyer. to protect the buyer. Yeah. That's what all these rules are there for. Yeah. They're to protect the buyer to make sure they're not getting screwed up and yeah. out of a bad deal or something like that. Right. So you brought up flipping, which is a good one. So especially related to FHA. Um, talk a little bit about that because there used to be and <clears throat> this because this thing moves all over the place all the time. There many, 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 many years ago, there was the flipping rule and it was 90 days or less. Wasn't that basically what it was? I know that there's rules for different times, but then mm -hmm. it switched or it moved, or maybe it was six months and then it switched to, you couldn't do it period for less than 90 days. And then it became, well, now you can do it in less than 90 days, but there's these stipulations. And then it switched back to, you can't do it at all in less than 90 days. And if it's less than six months, you have to do A, B, and C. Yeah. And it used, to, and then it used to also be like data. It you, didn't, you, it used to be date off of date of recording. Right. For your time clock to start. So the newest and latest okay. is um, sub 90 days is not good. Now, by the can't way, hang it. on real quick before you go down this hole. So this is something I'm going to mention earlier. So right now, Jen has her laptop out. <laughs> And Jen is typing this in and trying to figure out <clears throat> exactly because she's terrified that she's going to give the wrong well, information. Well, it changes all the time. No, no, no. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. Like it's going to change again in a month. Right. Yeah. So, FHA's handbook is going to change again in a month. So my point of this is that when you – the reason I love Jen and I always go to Jen for these questions is because you and I are very similar and that – I don't want to be wrong. Right. Well, absolutely. <laughs> like I don't want to be wrong. But I always hedge my bets. I always say – here's what I think. Here's what I'm pretty sure it is, but let me double check. Like I, <laughs> because man, we just get shit wrong all the time. All the time. And I don't mean like that sounds like we don't get shit wrong all the time. We, we well, it's think it's because it's ever changing. Correct. It always and, moves. And sometimes we don't get like we, so like if you're subscribed to your power fives, you'll get some of their updated stuff that they come out, but sometimes yeah. they like sneak some shit in there and you're like, I had no idea. Yes. Well, it happened like to us last week. Yes. So, <laughs> so the other day, like last week, I got a call from a client and he was trying, he had an investment property that they were repairing and fixing. And <clears throat> he called me and said, Hey Mike, um, you know, we're about done with this, but, um, we're want to look and see what our options are for refinancing this. And we want to take equity back out. So basically let's just say they bought it for a hundred thousand dollars. They put 50 grand into it. It's now worth 300 and they want to get the excess equity because they want to do it again. They want to go buy more properties with the cash that they, you know, picked up from the equity. It's a cash out loan. So, um, he says to me, uh, you know, I'm like, yeah, that's no problem. You know, as long as you've owned it for six months, then you're good to go, <clears throat> you know, and there was, there's stuff with appraisals and, and showing the cost or whatever. Mm -hmm, but, mm -hmm. um, so he texts me back and he's like, Hey, you know, my son was talking to another loan officer and they said that Fannie, or he said that conventional loans, um, are switching on April the 1st to where you have to own the property for a year before you can do the loan. And I said, well, <clears throat> there used to be a rule. Mm -hmm. where you had to own it for 12 months to do a cash out. Cause at first we actually, we were talking about rate and terms, what we were talking mm -hmm. about. And I said, that's a cash out rule, but it's actually six months. It's not 12 months. You just have to have it for six. And, um, he's like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And I was like, I, and I even was like, you know, sometimes people don't, they're being, <laughs> the banks have their own rules. And yeah. like, I was, I wasn't like 
talking trash about the guy that no, gave yeah. that information, but I was just like, ah, not everybody can do everything all the time, but we're pretty good. Yeah. Right. So, so then I call you. Yeah. And, I'm and like, I, and one of them had changed. Yes. Of the conventional. Yes. But the other one hadn't followed too. Right. Yeah. So I called it. Well, no, at the first time I called you, I was like, Hey, have you heard this? And you're like, no. Oh yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. You're like, no, what? no, that's six months. It's yeah. always been six months. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I thought. Like, we're both just like, yeah, yeah, we're right. Yeah. We're both right. Yeah. Right. So then I, I text the guy back and I'm like, Hey, you're good. You know, I double checked, like we're fine. Yeah. Six months, whatever. Then he texts me back, I don't know, an hour later. And he's like, <clears throat> Hey, I just want to make sure because yeah. this we're here. And then you. we get notification. Yes. That. Well, Freddie, no. so it's funny because then I call Brian and I'm like, Hey, Brian, you know, I talked to Jen. She said this, this is what's going on. I said, you know, he's like, oh yeah, well, hang on. He, he did a little dig in and he's like, oh yeah, sure enough, man. Fanny, Fanny did change yeah. theirs. It's in here. It came out. It was like, I don't know, three or four weeks before that. Yeah. And he's like, we just missed it. And I was like, it will be nice for but, us to but know. But Freddie hadn't updated yet. Correct. And he said, but Freddie, you can still do less yes. or you can still do six months. And I'm like, sweet. Okay. So I text the guy back again and I'm like, hey, Fanny, that guy yeah. was right. Absolutely. But Freddie. <laughs> We're good. And then Freddie followed suit. That day. That day. That day. They followed suit that day. And now I was like, no, can't do 12. Okay, back to property flipping. <sighs> Sorry, anyway. I had to, I had to just, that's just an example. It changes of, all the time, guys. Yes, yes. Um, okay, so property flipping. Yeah, so FHA, basically, again, they want to protect the buyer. So in the property flip, sub 90 days. So basically what that means, and it's based off of the acquisition date. So right. if I bought a property. The funding date, basically. The day that I sold it. Right. The day I signed. Right. Um, from that date to 90 days, I can't execute a contract FHA to a new buyer. Right. Okay. Day 91, I can, Correct. but there are rules. Yes. So if you're between 91 and 180 days, I have to prove one of two things. I either have to get a second appraisal to justify the value that you're selling at, or I have to prove that the seller is not selling it for more than 100% than what they bought it for. Their acquisition cost. Yep. yep. One or the other. So yep. there's still rules. And so you can still do it within the 90 to 100, 91 mm -hmm. to 180 days, but there's just rules inside. Well, and it's a good thing to for agents to understand when you're listing a house that is from an investor that has flipped it, okay, you, everything in our job is about expectations. So yes. when you're listing your property, if, if there's an opportunity for you to accept an FHA offer, if yes. that becomes a possibility, then you have to let your seller know, Hey, look, you bought this house, you know, we're going to sell it on this day. We can accept FHA offers on the 91st day. But if we can, if you're okay with us providing to the bank, your acquisition cost, because we don't like when we get that from the seller, we're not giving it to everybody. Like yeah, it's just no, so we can show yeah. mm -hmm. underwriting and HUD that they didn't, if they bought the house for a hundred thousand yeah. dollars, they're not selling it for 200. Well, I know like Susan, she, when she had listed ours, she put on the description eligible for FHA financing on this date. Right. So right. we didn't have a bunch of offers coming in that were stuff that weren't eligible. Well, because sellers will get upset if you, especially with an investor. Yeah. I mean, I've had it happen where, you know, I asked the agent, Hey, I need to get their acquisition costs. Can you send me the HUD and, or, you know, the closing disclosure <clears throat> and they'll say, Oh yeah, no problem. And then they reach out to their seller and then the seller caught what well, that's none of your business. What I did. And it's <laughs> like, I, I understand, but you chose to accept an FHA offer. And when mm -hmm. you do, there are certain rules that come along with it. If you're selling it in less than six months, yep. you know, and, and they end up being fine with it, but it's just, again, creating the expectation as a listing agent to make sure that your seller understands what could come if you're doing an FHA loan. Yep. Right. Um, one other thing in this, this will kind of be, this will be conventional and FHA, but I want you to talk about our favorite thing, which, um, is the bane of everyone's existence in the mortgage world. And that's assets because assets are so fun. 
And there's so many different, um, there's so many different way, not ways to get around, but there's just so many different options. Yes. Okay. Yes. I think that's the best way to put it. Correct. Because each of the power fives have their own requirement on assets. And real quick, before we go there. So when we're doing a mortgage loan, we're looking for three basic things. Okay. Credit, your income, okay, your debt to income and your assets. Those are basic. I mean, you got you got the property, you got collateral. Yeah, I mean, you you got, have some salt in the game. Right. So your credit is very much black and white. Either your credit qualifies or it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Now, if it barely qualifies, then there are extra hoops. There's certain you have to have stronger um, you know, stronger assets, stronger debt to income ratio. You've got to have of those three, you better have two pretty strong ones in order for one of them to be weak. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, um, so credit is, but it's still either it's there or it's not, right? Yeah. Yep. Debt to income is probably where we spend 80% of our time, Yep. right? Figuring out how much income somebody makes. How much house you can buy. Correct. That's, that's that's the whole basis behind the debt to income. How much house can you really right. buy? And we have to verify your employment. We have to verify your tax returns, tax transcripts, You know, calculate your income based on commissions and overtime and averages mm-hmm. and all this stuff, right? And look for all the debt. You got your credit report, but then do you have any court order debt? Do you have divorces? Do you have tax liens? Do you have any of these things? Do you have debts popping up on your bank statements? Did you not pay your student you loans? didn't tell me. <laughs> right. So, so all that goes into play with debt to income. That's where we spend most of our time as far as doing the detective work, yes, right? Yes. But the part that is either the easiest or the hardest- Or the hardest. Is the assets. Is the money. Because- all you have to have in most cases, not in every case, because there are reserves and things of that nature, but for the most part, you just have to have enough to get the house, uh-huh. right? Just enough. If uh-huh. you need $20,000 for your down payment, your closing costs, you just need 21, 20, majority 000. of the time. You don't need 21. You don't need 25. You need yeah. 20. Okay. The tricky part comes into <laughs> where's it coming from? Where's it coming from? And What's how going many places out of it? Has it been? Yeah. Before where it is got? it going out? Um, so if you are in the home buying process, it just makes it a lot easier if you just have one account that just has all your savings that's already in there. Yes. Now, each of the power fives have their own rules of what, because I have to, we have to analyze your bank statements, right? right? If you're going to give me bank statements, I have to look at it and ensure that there are no other possible debts, that there's no, um, that you're paying out for somebody else or co-signed on another loan or because remember I'm trying to make sure your debt to income ratio is in line and that I have calculated all of your debts based off what you make. So if your bank statement shows a payment to the IRS and I don't have your tax returns in here, well now I'm gonna have to ask you about it. So we analyze everything that's on your bank statements to ensure there's no other debts that you're paying out. Right. And then I gotta make sure I also have to analyze your deposits that you have putting in. Well, a lot of people, and totally understandable, but a lot of people save a lot in cash. It's more common than not, mm-hmm. which is totally fine. Yeah, You wanna keep it in your safe, whatever. Right. But the problem comes to be when you go to buy a home. You gotta prove it. Because now I don't know where you got all that money from. Right, and, why, and can you, to the best of your understanding, can you give an explanation as to why we can't accept cash? What, what, what's the... What's the justification for Fannie Freddie HUD to say why they're not just okay with some? Because if I got the money, I got the money, bro. Right? Well, I don't know where it came from. Exactly. But why do we need to know where it came from? Was it a loan? Right. <laughs> was, was it a loan? Or was it a loan? I don't understand. Or did you get for Jimmy the Loan Shark down there that yeah. you're going to own a bunch of money to? Yeah. Did you get it? You know, it. they they couched it initially when they really got onto it is about they didn't want, I want to say foreign money, maybe drug money, whatever you want to call it, laundered money. Laundered, probably. We don't know where it came from. We don't know where it came so, from. So, you know, if you're if you're going to if you know you're going to be buying a home in the year 
just go put it in your savings account. Like go yeah. put it in. If you got yeah. some cash, go put it in. Yeah. Um, because large deposits we have to analyze and each of the power fives have their own rule. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of weird. Like, and it's, I, I don't understand the rhyme or reason behind the different rulings of it. We just have to follow what that particular agency, I don't write the rules. We I just have to them. follow them. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, um, for your conventional loans, it's any single deposit over 50% of your qualifying income. So if I'm only using $5,000 a month to qualify, even though you make $10,000 a month with commission and all that, but I'm only using the 5,000 for income, well then any deposit over $2,500, a single deposit, I have to source right. and I have to document where you got it from. But if it's under, then I don't care. Doesn't so it, it's kind of weird how each of the agencies have their own interpretation for FHA. It's 1%, anything more than 1% of the sales price, I have to go source. For VA, there is no rule. For VA, it they just look at the veteran's assets as a whole. Yeah. Okay. For USDA, every deposit has to be analyzed, whether it's $50, $10, that's non-payroll. And the reason for that is because USDA is income-based. Right. They have income limits. And so they want to make sure the money that you're getting is not coming from an additional income source that we don't know about. Right. Right. So yes, assets is um it's tough because people don't understand uh sometimes why yeah. i i it almost feels like you're getting really personal and real and diving well, really we are deep. i mean it's your bank statement i know and you you're know? and you almost feel like sometimes you're like man i know this feels like we're almost interrogating you i'm yeah. sorry um but this is just the rule i have to go by because i i see the same charge going out every two weeks to the same person yeah what is this? Right. Um, and I have to document it because we have to make sure that you qualify for your loan yeah. and that you're going to be comfortable making your payment. Right. Right. And, and if this is truly your debt, you might not want to have this much of a house buying power, right. you know? Um, and we have to cover the rules too. So yes, um, yeah. there's that, uh, as far as assets. So my suggestion, and then also, um, you know, I, I've, I saw this TikTok um, the other day that, if, if your lender asks you for two months bank statements, the general rule is two months. Right. Okay. Now, when it comes down to it. Conventional loans are one, right? 30 days? Uh, only Freddie. Only Freddie. Oh, that's right. <laughs> there's different Three. rules. So Freddie conventional is one month. Refinances is one month for both Fannie and Freddie. Uh, FHA VA is one month. As long as the statement, the the statement has the previous endings balance from the previous month. Right. And then USDA is two months. So everybody has their own rule. So the reason that we always ask for two months up front is because we don't know at that point in time while we're qualifying you to try to figure out what is the best loan program for you right. of the power of five. Yes. So let's go ahead and cover all of our bases and let's just figure out which one we get the two months. We can figure out which one you're going to fit into. Um, but we might only need the one. Well, that's where um, I get, a, we get a lot of complaints from borrowers sometimes and maybe even agents to some extent. I say, I don't say we, I just, in, as an industry um, where people will say, well, they asked me for this and then they asked me for this and then they asked me for this and then they asked me for this. And that gets frustrating because from a borrower's point of view, they're yeah. like, I just want to give you everything. But what loan officers get get scared about or don't want to do is they avoid they want everything to be easy as possible. Like I don't want to ask you for too much because I don't want you to call somebody else and do the loan because they're going to ask you for less, right? But then they're going to ask you for more later, right? <laughs> and it's like, well, if you just the the thing, if you're a loan officer and listen to this, like in the beginning, the people are the most excited about buying a house. Yes, they've got the most energy. They're ready to go. Whatever. They're so give you whatever you want. Ask you ask them for everything you might need. Yeah, even if you don't need it, and the reason being is because. A, they get frustrated as you keep asking them for more things and more things and more things if the loan program changes or you have some adjustments that you have to make or you have to make. 
and B, you know, your your their expectation of how the process is supposed to go from the very beginning of what you're asking for is that it's going to be okay. Well, here's all my stuff, right? Yeah. And if you don't explain to them, hey, I'm going to ask you for everything, but but I'm the I always tell people like I'm the attorney. I'm not the judge, right? My job is to help put together the best possible loan situation for you with the least amount of headache and paperwork and everything else to, so I can move forward. But in order for me to do that, I need to get all the information yeah. because then that tells me, well, I can't go this route because if I go this route, yep. then I'm going to have to give them another tax return and that could cause a problem. So I'm going to stay here in this lane because this is the best lane for you to get the loan. Yep. We're following the rules. We're doing exactly what's required of it. So we're just trying to find the most efficient way for you to do it. Yeah. So if I get as much information from you as I can up front, then I can make a proper diagnosis like mm -hmm. a doctor and put you in the best loan. Yeah. But if I try to nickel and dime you to death with, oh, I need this bank statement. I need this tax okay, well, return. This one didn't work. Okay. We're gonna have to go this right. route. Let me go back. Yeah. So then people go nuts and, and realtors get frustrated. Buyers get frustrated. You know, yeah. our goal with our company is we want to ask them for stuff twice, really twice. Yeah. Two mm -hmm. times. We want to ask you upfront everything to send us. And then once the loan's approved, once we have what we have, then we want to ask you a second time for stuff to clear. Yep. Yep. Because there's always extra stuff that happens. I mean, it's just, yep. I don't, there's not a whole lot of loans that go through. There's some, it happens. But if people have really simple situations, but there's not a ton of loans that go through that the first time you submit it is closed and good, right? Yeah. It happens for sure. You know, if you're W2 to have all your money saved up, all that kind yep. of stuff. Self-employment's great. Yes. Okay. Well, okay. Back to assets. So you have gifts. Yes. That's the other part I want to ask you about gifts. Those are different rules too. Yes. Because who can give? Right. So gift funds, by the way, are money that you can get from someone else. Okay. Primarily. I mean, is there, there's very few circumstances where it's not a family member, right? Well, FHA allows for employers. Okay. Okay. But what I'm saying is, is you can't get it from your neighbor. Unless... It's an FHA loan and that neighbor has a vested interest right. in your home purchasing the as extra, a close friend. Right. Like there is so many rules on top of that. Yeah. Right. On average, though, it has to be pretty much a family member. You can prove other things, but you better be Beyonce, really Beyonce, family member. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> but your friend's not going to work. Correct. Unless there's a vested interest. Like it just goes on. Yes. Um, so yes, gifts are, and there's again, with the power fives, there are different rules yep. of, um, documentation of gifts conventional because it's not government backed. There are things that conventional loans are a little bit more forgiving on than your government loans. Right. Um, so on your conventional loans, I don't really have to source. I don't have to go call your donor, whoever's giving you the money. Let's say it's dad. I don't have to call dad and say, dad, give me a copy of your bank statement. No, I don't have to do that. Dad can just cut a check straight to the title company if he wanted to and a copy of the gift letter stating that this is a gift and be done. But on the gift letter, just so you know, there are questions. What's your name? What's your address? Mm -hmm. What's your phone number? Uh, phone number? And what's the account from? number? Uh -huh. Okay. I've run into issues before where mom and dad, even on the gift letter, have a much less given a bank statement, which you got to, well, FHA, you can explain that one. Um, but mom and dad have an issue even just giving the account number because they think the internet's going to steal their information, which I, I understand. Uh, but, you know, these days, if they want it, they can get it. Yeah. But um, but that's the thing, too. The gift letter does have a little bit of information on it. But if you just have a gift letter signed by the donor and you have a copy of the transaction, whether it be a wire or, you know, whatever it is that matches. Certified funds. Right. Certified funds that matches the account number and the name, then you're golden. Yeah, you don't, I don't need have to anything, get anything else. else. Right. Government loans, however, are different. Very different. Um, well, I have to have a bank statement. Actually, back up on the conventional loans. What about if I want to give money to my daughter 
but I want to put it directly into her bank account instead of. So on conventional loans, it's still okay. Okay. I don't have to have, again, none of the scenarios for conventional loans for gifts. Okay. Um, and that is not allowed for investment properties, by right. the way. But um, none of the situations for gifts on conventional loans do I require, do, or do we require, or agency requires a bank statement from the donor. Okay. If they decided they wanted to put it directly into daughter's bank account, then I have to have a copy of the withdrawal slip and a copy of the deposit slip along with the gift letter. Okay. That's all it is. Right. Um, so it's much simpler. Um, with conventional. Unconventional. Yes. Yeah. When you get into government, it's a little bit different. Okay. So you have to provide bank statements yes. from the donor. And we get a lot of pushback on that. Um, None and of your damn business. It, it sucks because we don't make the rules. <laughs> like it sucks. I don't make the rules. I'm sorry. It clearly says right here, I have to provide a bank statement for the person who's giving you the money. And what really sucks is that on government loans, um, if they had a large deposit that's in there, that's totally fine. Like if mommy and daddy went and got a 401k loan to help their daughter buy a house, there's not a problem with that. We don't care where the donor got the money, except when it's cash. Yes. So if the donor had a large deposit that was cash that I can't like take it out, back it out, um, then I'm going to have a problem. But yeah. if they got a $10,000 loan that they're the one that's you know, the obligators on, I don't care. Yeah. Mom and dad can go get a loan. They're not the one that, you know, for, to give That's their kids the money. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes, we do have to have a bank statement on government loans. If I had a nickel for every time I had. Except for USDA, because remember USDA is a conventional loan that just happens to be backed by the government. I didn't know that actually. Okay. See, look at this. Just yeah, USDA. Dropping actually, nuggets of you, knowledge. USDA, here. you actually don't have to have a donor bank statement. So USDA is a conventional loan? It's basically a conventional loan. Oh, because the fact. rules are similar by conventional is what you're saying. Well, actually, no. Some of the rules are actually more in line with FHA, but okay. it's technically a conventional loan just backed by the government. Huh. But they follow a lot of FHA guidelines. Okay. Okay. We're, we're, all right. Uh, I was going to say, if I, if I had a nickel for every single time I had uh, an angry uh, grandpa or dad um, oh, call me and like literally cuss me out over the phone because how is it any of my damn business? Whatever and they money? used to, in the guidelines back before the 4,001, 4,155, we used to be able to just get verification letters like yeah. from the bank. Like Mike Mills has been a, a bank, a member of ours for 25 years and has had more than enough money to give his daughter. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Can't even use those anymore. They spent, they changed those. They updated it to make sure it says. Yes. Gotta get it. Yeah. It's, you know, the, the, we're, we're running out of time a little bit and I know we didn't get to sorry. everything. No, no, no. This is great. We're, this means we got to do it again. I think, I think this, you know, once every couple of months, we'll do a little, you know, mortgage yeah, you could spend stuff. like a whole thing on self-employment. Yes. It takes, it takes forever. Maybe we'll do one just on self-employment. Yeah. I think that'd be good. But, um, the thing about all this is to kind of put a little bow on some of this stuff is that if you look at what's happening right now in the economy, okay, we are going through all kinds of stuff right now. And it's different today, like the the whole recession uh, or, or banking crisis really is what's going on right now, um, has nothing to do with real estate. Mm -hmm. Not like it did. There was another banking crisis that happened in 2008 that had everything to do mm -hmm, with real estate. Mm -hmm. This particular one has very little to nothing to do with real estate. It still impacts it in a number of ways, but has nothing to do with it. So, so the rules on getting a loan these these days are so. Inc I don't say they're, they're not harder. It's just I think the situations. No, no two loans are the same. No, none. No, but I think that what we are finding is that so, there are so many new situations. Yes, that we've never actually really came across before. Couple that 
with agency changes based on this particular market right. that they have updated their yep. the agencies have updated their rules that now we're trying to find a little bit more creative ways to fit these borrowers into those power five loans right. because they have updated based on the market as well. Yes. And that's that's where the and I I made a video this morning about how it's weird because the banking crisis that's occurring and today it's not going great because the stock they the government's saying they're going to bail out credit sissy, I think is what it's called, and all these others. So that's a whole other thing. But but if that continues, if we continue to have more and more banks running into problems with their deposits because they've bat- made bad investments, then you'll see mo- people start taking their money out of the stock market, which will cause the stock market to crash. Yeah. And then if the treasury yields keep falling like they have, people are going to take their money out of that and they're going to put it into bonds along with the people that are pulling their money out of the stock market. Well, this is great for mortgage rates. Like it really oh, yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it's like a perfect storm of situations that in six or eight months from now, we could have really low mortgage rates and the Fed had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Like it could happen. Now it's not good for the rest of the economy. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad for people losing their jobs. It's bad for small businesses. There's a lot of negative things that are going to come from this if it keeps heading in the direction that it seems to be heading right now. But the safest place for investors looking right now is to put their money is into mortgage-backed securities that are uh, that that have been there for a while because these these rules and restrictions and guidelines have been so you know they've again, been tweaked a they've lot been tweaked a lot that that I mean our foreclosure are, rates next to zero yeah like, the they have been tweaked a lot like if you qualify for a mortgage now you qualify for a mortgage now it's still forgiving yes. there are still programs that are still very forgiving sure and I'm telling you what sometimes I look at a loan and I'm like wow I can't believe we're actually doing this yes um. But the, and the borrowers on the other end are absolutely incredibly grateful, and yeah, you know that's what makes it beings. all worth it. Yes. But you kind of look at it from a overall, and you're like, oh wow, that's a, you know, credit's not looking great, yeah. money is slim to none, yep. um, income's barely sketching by. Yep. So I mean, we're gonna make it work one way or another. But at the end of the day, all of these power fives. So not only do we have to follow these rule books, right, and they're legit books yes <laughs> legit yeah websites now you yeah know, now yeah. you can control it's not like F. a big you know now you can control it well they still sell mri oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um but so it, it's they're just massive thousand page books of rules that's all it is so not only do we have to follow these rules we then have to enter all of this into a magical automated underwriting software that every agency requires everybody out there runs it and it's got its own, it has its own little, little quirks. fun little quirks yes like and so it to me we're like okay well we fit every rule we yes. fit every rule here but then i run it to this magical underwriting system and there's something about it it doesn't like and so at the end of the day you still have to have that approval as well well and that's where um i try as much as I can when I deal with agents. And and I think we do a great job as a company doing this to where you have to have a, a very knowledgeable loan officer that knows what they're doing. Because this whole concept of where we started, which was, you know, uh, uh, the loan's been an underwriting. I'm waiting for the underwriter to tell me what we can do. It's complete bullshit because the truth is, is that if you know the rules and you know what you can do, we run the automated underwriting system before the loan ever even touches the underwriter. Yeah. And education is key. Yes. This is the most expensive thing somebody's going to buy Correct. ever in their life. Yes. So I think that the unknown is what makes buyers apprehensive. Right. If you're dealing with a ginormous bank in America, that's awesome. You, you know, that's totally great. You yes. don't have to call Mike Mills. That's fine. What are you talking about? Call Mike but, Mills. But, but 
Are they spending the time to educate you through the most expensive purchase that you're going to make in your entire life? Do you feel uneasy about what's going on? Do you know what's going on? Do you know why you have to do this? Do you know why we're asking you? Or, you know, again, it kind of feels like interrogation, but I feel like buyers are so much more easy um, to not only provide stuff, but they feel a whole lot better about the loan process because we educate them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, you just want to feel comfortable. You, this is a big thing. It's a big purchase. It's huge. You got to be listen. Be I just turned thirty six yesterday, but like happy, happy birthday. By the thanks. Way. But I feel like the average home buyers now, like the, I feel like the millennial age of home buyers, they're waiting to buy. I feel yeah. like, and so now, if you're like in your early thirties, I feel like that's when they're actually buying now. Yes. No, they are. They're, I read something the other day. The average home buyer now is around thirty four or yeah. thirty five years old. See, and so at this point, well, hell, they're in their mid thirties, about to buy their first home. Yeah, and it's a huge purchase, which means they've been stacking paper for a minute. Yeah, trying to prepare, and they want to know every process. Well, you're not going to get that from. You're not going to have a loan officer. A big bank in America. No, you're not. You need somebody like Mike Mills. Um, you need somebody like if you're in Louisiana, you need somebody like our, our loan officers here because yeah. we're going to sit down and we're going to educate you on what it is. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. These yes. rules are different because the power fives govern us. We have to follow the rules. Where you fit within those programs, um, you know, there might be there might be somebody that says, okay, we're going to put you into an FHA loan, blah, blah, blah. blah. It's going to be a great rate because you're so rate conscious. But that that might not be the best program for you, my dear. It might be the lowest payment because if you have really good credit and yeah. you have a low mortgage insurance premium because your yes. credit's great and your debt to income's low, then why the hell would you yes. do an FHA loan? Exactly. Yeah. Like that might not be the best program for you. Sit right. down, get educated, talk to somebody who's going to educate you through the process. Yeah. And then that's the thing. It's just it's just one of those it's one of those things that when you do this loan because it is such a such a huge transaction, it's such a big responsibility that you you got to feel comfortable in the process. You got to know that the person that's you know, presenting your, your attorney, right. That's presenting your loan to the judge knows what they're doing because Mm -hmm. if they don't, then you could be in a situation where you don't get your home approved. And most things, I mean, and there's always exceptions and Jen and I, if you ever talk to us, we will always put caveats on. I don't know. I think, but I don't know. You know, uh, I'm pretty sure that this is the answer, but let me just go call the agency myself. Let me check. Um, but, but you have to, know that the person that's handling that knows what they're doing and knows because there's very, very few circumstances. It happens, but very few circumstances where the loan that gets denied wasn't probably denied before it even touched the underwriter's desk. Mm -hmm. Right. It's funny your analogy that you use about attorneys. I've always used because I'm on the operation side, right? I've always used, think of it like uh, my analogy has always been like a staffing company. The buyer is somebody who needs a job. They come to the staffing company, yep. which is us, yeah, or you, okay. The staffing company and your processor. Typically, uh-huh. there's a loan officer assistant and a processor. Okay, so um, you'll have these people at the staffing company who are putting together the best resume that they could possibly can, and after they put the resume um, together, then they go present it to the job where they're the trying to get you hired full time, which right. is the underwriter. Right. So like they're that. trying to put the best. Best resume together possible. So yes. the more we get up front, the more answers we get up front. Yes. Um, and I mean, I feel like we're going off on a whole nother tangent, but as far as qualifying for a loan, just tell, I feel like sometimes buyers get hesitant 
on saying certain things or telling certain things. Oh, right. Well, that's why my attorney, it's attorney client privilege, baby. Tell me everything. Yes. yes. Because like, if you tell me what's going on, if you tell us what's going on, there's always going to be a solution. Yeah. But if I find out after the fact, it's going to be way harder. Yes. Let me, let's head it, let's head it on up front. Be honest with us up front and tell us everything that's going on so that we can figure out how to fix it. So that the, like, just like you say all the time, so that I can head any problems that are going to happen up front before later on when you're very invested into this yes. and in love with your home. And well, it's a common thing. Buyers get get nervous about filling out an application. I wish we didn't have, I wish that wasn't the word. Yeah. I wish it wasn't an application. I wish I could come up with a better word because it makes it sound like, like I'm putting, it's like you're applying for a job. Yeah, Like I'm putting it in and oh my gosh, if I did it if wrong, I, if I did this wrong, then I'm not, I'm going to get denied. Like in five seconds, it's like, you know, I trust like, look, no, 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 no. It's not what it is. Yeah. We're just gathering your information yeah. through this form that you need to put it in to fill it out. Like a, call it a Google doc or whatever, right? Just need to fill it out so I can get the information. Then once I have the information, then I can make my diagnosis and then I can say, okay, here's what we need to do. Here's where we need to go. Here's the documents I need. Here's all that kind of stuff. Because again, I want to do this loan just as bad as you do. Yeah. Okay. I want to do it too, because this is my job. This is your job. This, yeah. is, this is how we pay our company. Like we want to do the loan, but we got to figure out the best route to do it so we can make it easy for you, make it easy on your agents, make it easy on your family. Yeah. So this tell me where your money's coming from. Yeah. It's okay. If it's going to come from your wife's account. Okay. No problem. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Well, that just might have to be a gift if your wife's not on the loan. Right. Like it, I just need, we just need to know so that we can tell you what documents we're going to need up front. If the money's going to come from some massive grant that I have seen, been seeing a whole lot lately, um, from VA for some reason. Um, yeah, people are getting like grants. Like two I, veterans. Yeah. I don't, I mean, that's crazy. I don't know all the deets, but I mean, this is, this is like the third or fourth, um, situation now where they're getting like pretty big substantial. I don't know what they're for, but we have to be able to document it. So yeah. like, just tell me where it's going to come from. If it's going to come from a retirement account, are you, um, is it yours or is it in the care of somebody else right. or is it from a trust right. or all it is, is I always tell people, whatever you put on the application, just be prepared to prove. Okay. Yeah. Whatever you put on the application, be prepared to prove it. Cause we're going to ask you questions about it and we have to document it based off of agency guidelines. Right. Right. All right. Well, um, we just started quick and we're going to end quick because yeah. it's an hour and 10 minutes in and you've got a lot of work to do and I've got a lot of work to do. <laughs> so I really appreciate you taking time out. Um, I'm sure you'll get sh stuff from Steve later because he'll be yeah. real thrilled that you spent an hour talking about loans with me, but this is marketing and advertising and you're helping out one of your branches. So I it really is. appreciate it. It's great. I yes. think it's good knowledge for people to have. That's right. So um, thank you everybody that stuck around and watched for a little bit. If y'all do have questions after you watch this later, <clears throat> put them in the comments and we'll probably do this again because I love talking to Jen. She's one of my favorite people. It goes by so fast. It goes by so fast. And you're like one of the smartest people ever. Thank you for saying that. But uh, we all know that that's not true. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, guys, y'all have a good weekend. Stay dry. We'll see you next time. Bye.